Greetings, my friends. I hope you're all doing well. My next guest is herbalist and nutritional expert Brigitte Mars. We discuss her most recent book, Natural Remedies for Mental and Emotional Health, which is basically a manual for improving every aspect of your life with simple natural methods. I've been using it regularly. I have it on my bookshelf right next to my desk. That's about as high praise as I can give any such tome. I've actually been using it myself from the moment that it arrived in the mail. I'm going to read uh, the headings from a few sections in the book to give you an idea for what you can find in here. He's got sections on stress, anxiety, fear, anger. Anger's one that I could work on a little bit, I'm not going to lie. Low mood and depression, addiction, eating disorders, schizophrenia, epilepsy, multiple sclerosis, insomnia and sleep disorders, fatigue, chronic pain, grief, trauma, enhancing cognition and memory, those are just a few heading, a few sections that I just randomly chose as I opened up the book and was flipping through it. Just want to give you an idea for what you can expect to find in there. Like I said, it's it's a manual for better living, really. You have an issue in your life, you pop open the book, you find the section on the issue that you're having, it'll tell you the um, the methods and the nutrition and the herbs that you can use to combat whatever these issues are to just enhance your life, to improve your life in every way. And so, yes, I think it's a very, it's an excellent book that I have been using myself, and I think you are very much going to appreciate this conversation, and I'm about to get into it, but first let me say that we're in February, not too far into 2024, we're still right there, right in the threshold, right in the doorway. I hope you're sticking up with whatever, sticking to whatever goals that you set, I hope you're staying on top of it, I hope you are pushing to be your, your best, your best possible you. All right, that's it, my friends. This is my interview with Brigitte Mars about her book, Natural Remedies for Mental and Emotional Health. Peace out, my friends. This book, it's, I mean, this is so much information. And you have spent, it seems like your career, like your whole life, immersed in herbalism, right? Yeah, since I was a little girl. Yeah, what? Yeah, could you, I would love to hear that story personally. If you could tell a little bit about how you got into this. Surely. Well, you know, there were always herbs and fairy tales. So as a child, it's like, ooh, like, oh, bring me the golden apple or what is the magic potion or how do you sprinkle fairy dust? So but I, I did have this wonderful French Canadian grandmother who was a folk healer. And, you know, she didn't say I'm an herbalist. It was just like, hey, you know, I've got 11 kids. I'm in the backwoods of Canada. You better know what to do. You better know how to deliver a baby. You better know how to treat whooping cough. And she used folk remedies like garlic and mustard and apple cider vinegar and honey. And I grew up in upstate New York and, you know, was sickly as a child, probably because I, Mm. you know, ate the standard American diet. And um, I was on antibiotics a lot. But then, you know, I started really just, I I think when someone asked me maybe like eight or nine years old, what do you want to be? I remember thinking a healer, Hmm. but there wasn't like, you're going to be a doctor. And I thought, no, I want to be a healer, someone who helps people with these natural folk remedies that are available around the world that have been used by millions of people for thousands of years. You don't need to inject them. It's not a pill made in a lab. And there was just something about my grandmother harvesting a plant from her garden or from the woods that just seemed like magic to me. And, you know, if we look at it, 
I, you know, I think at probably 10, I was reading all the ingredients on the cereal box. And at 10, thinking, I wonder if this is part of why so many people have cancer. Wow, really? Yeah. And so I started like, well, I'm going to eat rice for breakfast. You know, of course, it was just Uncle Ben's rice. But, but I also want to share something else that kind of motivated me. My little sister, who's quite a bit younger than me, she had um, this terrible skin condition called roseola and she went to all these specialists and i said to my parents you know it started when she started using that new bubble bath my mm. parents said oh yeah what do you know we're going to the doctor more steroids more creams more you know stuff and she after going to three specials it was the bubble bath so really? i just always sort of had this feeling like we need to partner with nature more and i went to an all-girls boarding school as a teenager and I sort of had an alternative uh, drawer in my my bureau where my classmates would come in like I've got cramps, I've got a headache, I'm tired, I've got to study for a test. Um, what do I do? And I, I was really just, you know, 15, 16 years old, but it's like, try some of this, try some rescue remedy, try some chamomile tea. And so basically the students would come to my room and I would give them something. And even though I was a kid, I thought, well, I've got books. These are things that have been used for thousands of years. It's not like I need a study done in a lab to, you know, on a rat, like to know that, hey, this works. Right. So this is truly your calling. You see, I mean, it seems like that. that's what I'm calling it. Like, it's just truly. For 10 years old. Truly. Yeah. That's that's really that. You know, it's not many people that get to spend their life doing their calling that that in itself is uh, pretty awesome. So um, in your, I, I in your say, life, of, oh, I go ahead, to, please go ahead. I, I wanted to comment on the beautiful plant behind you. It's called Trade, um, Tradescanta or something. And it's with named the, after, no, the purple, the one with the purple down below. Oh, right here? Yeah. And yeah. it's named after a famous botanist. Um, and it's a true story. But anyways, I read a novel about the botanist that that's named after. Really? A whole so, novel, huh? Plant. Yeah, I think it's called um, Virgin Earth. Um, that might be the second one by Philippa Gregory. So you might check it out. Sorry, I couldn't Definitely. resist. I love that book. <laughs> no, I hey, anything you have to say about plants, I'm ready to list. I love plants. I love discussing plants. So yeah, I, I will look into that book for sure. Well, I'm here to talk about the book or anything that will help your listeners. Jeff. Right, right. Yeah, well, right. And so this is it was actually interesting thinking about um how to get into this book because it is this is a reference book this is this is a book that you say all right i have this problem what do i do i go and i grab this book I open it up and find the solution and i'm just it's a little different from the the books that i often interview people about because those books are more um like about broader philosophical things so i was, I, I was kind of trying to think of like an entry point into this book um, and so where I wanted to start was with a specific section. There's two specific sections that I, to me, one is the multiple sclerosis section, um, which is that jumped out at me because I'm personally affected by, it. I don't, I don't have it, but I, somebody I love does. Um, and the one about the, uh, the low mood. And so I figured that'll give us a good hook to get, give people kind of a sense of what this book is about. So um, could you talk a little bit about multiple sclerosis? Because for the listeners who are not familiar with it, 
multiple sclerosis is still very much a mysterious disease to like mainstream science. They're not really exactly sure. Um, they have ideas, uh, but they, it's it's really kind of a mysterious thing. And the, the saying is like, no two cases of multiple sclerosis are the same, which is maybe like the oddest thing about it. It manifests differently in each individual person. But um, could you just talk a little bit about how um, your thoughts on multiple sclerosis and how this book can help people with multiple sclerosis? Surely. And even though, you know, multiple sclerosis, which means multiple lesions, it's not really a mental or emotional illness. It's more like a nervous system condition. Right. And, you know, I study Asian medicine as well as Ayurvedic medicine, all the, you know, all the medicines of the world. And according to the principles of Asian medicine, the nervous system is governed by the health of the liver. But, and so we need to look at that. So, uh, and I will say that I've worked with a lot of cases of MS and mm. people are now saying, wow, I don't have it. So here's some of my observations. We have to look at the health of the nervous system. And we know that if it's governed by the health of the liver, bad quality fats are bad news. Fried foods, chips, heated oils like canola oil, soy oil, margarine. You know, I try to encourage my clients to use extra virgin olive oil, make your own salad dressing and use coconut oil for cooking. Um, and we also know the nervous system loves it when we have a little bit of um, sour food or, or like the liver loves it when we have like lemon and water, mm. uh, grapefruit, uh, sauerkraut, berries are really good. And we also know that um, we, we really need to look at heavy metal toxicity. You know, it's kind of interesting and kind of tragic, but in the 1800s, hat makers used to dip their hats that they were making in a mercury solution. Hmm. And they would shape the hats into these grandiose chapeaus. And people, they would develop neurological symptoms, very much like MS, like, oh, you know, pain upon walking. And they would say, they're mad as a hatter. That's where that, that came, came from. from. Mad as a hatter from mercury toxicity. And yet, Jeff, they've been putting mercury in our fillings for decades. Mm -hmm. Okay. And not to mention that there's, you know, lead and mercury and heavy metals here and there. But I want to share one observation I had. So I, I have worked with so much MS. And I noticed that a lot of the women that I worked with with MS had bleach blonde hair. Now that's not an uncommon thing, but if you think about lesions, so I highlight my hair with like lemon and chamomile, but so I don't want to say oh, really? I've never touched my hair, but um, most chemical hair lighteners, women are putting right on their scalp every month, right at the roots to cover up the roots and they contain bleaches that remove the pigment mm. from your hair. Hmm, could that be contributing to lesions? Now, years ago, I wanna mention Ronald Reagan, whether you voted for him or not. You know, he was president of the United States and he died with Alzheimer's. You know, not recognizing anybody, it was a, a terrible ending. Well, we, we all know he dyed his hair and they found out in that the men's hair dye had lead in it. Oh, really? we, we didn't know that could get into the bloodstream. If you are putting anything on your body, it's going into your bloodstream. And I sometimes like to remind people that the first um, 
accidental, well, maybe not the very first, but um, Albert Hoffman, who's credited with rediscovering LSD, he got some on his fingertips. Hmm. And within, you know, an hour, he was, you know, I have to leave work. I'm tripping my brains out. He didn't so eat he took it. took a famous bike ride. The famous yeah, bike ride. Right? Yeah. He got it on his fingertips. And yet people are slathering, you know, petroleum products and synthetic mm. fragrances and things that maybe make your curly hair straight or your straight hair curly or your black hair white or your, you know, your white hair green. We got to be careful about all these chemicals we're exposing ourselves to. Um, but the heavy metals is another thing. So I have worked with a lot of people that have MS and they say, you know, the drugs are really not that promising. So why don't we work on building health rather than treating a disease by, you know, eating better quality oils. There's a supplement called lecithin, which we know that the myelin nerve sheath that surrounds the nervous system is made with lecithin. And lecithin is found in sunflower seeds, it's found in egg yolks, it's found in um, bean products. You can also buy it as a supplement. So why not work on, I'm gonna nourish and build and help to heal these multiple lesions that are happening on our nervous system. But, you know, I also wanna say, Jeff, natural medicine is for people that are motivated to do it. And I think that there's a lot of people who just want to take a pill but i will share one day i got asked to come speak at a ms support group that was happening in boulder and i went to this ms support group and they were having like a potluck it was at the ymca and the potluck was like coffee donuts sugar pie cookies and we do know that sugar makes you know we're always hearing about like it's bad for your teeth but it's also food for cancer it's also food for fungal overgrowth, yeast overgrowth. And if it can erode your teeth, well, it can also erode your bones. It's also possible that it's making your blood very acidic and that's contributing to some of the demise of your nervous system. But when I spoke out at this MS support group, the people got mad at me. They didn't want to hear that I was like criticizing their small pleasures that they got when they met with a support group. And then, you know, a woman stood up and said, my husband and I are the only ones that eat the way this lady is talking about. And we're the only ones whose MS is not progressed. Wow. Yeah, Meaning I got it's it's almost kind of funny that you bring that up, because one of the questions I was going to ask um because yeah i i know what you mean you can tell somebody with multiple like you tell somebody with multiple sclerosis hey you know wim hof has shown that cold exposure could help with ms and they won't do it they just it's so frustrating and so it's it's like heartbreaking it's like can you just try something besides taking the the pills that they're like can you just try and so i just wanted to ask you um how how do you talk to people who just cannot accept the possibility that the solutions might be even simpler? It could just be eating better. Like when you deal with those really entrenched people who re refuse to believe that, do you have any techniques? Well, you know, unfortunately, most people, their insurance is going to pay for drugs and surgery. When it comes to you need to buy vitamins, you need to buy organic, you need to get off of the bad oils. That's on your own dime. That's Jeff, I don't, I don't have any um, 
need to try to save everybody. Natural medicine, like I said, is for people that are motivated. And most of the people that come see me, they've tried the other stuff or they want to try natural medicine before they sign up for pharmaceuticals. Um, and so I'm there for the people that want this kind of work. Sometimes our own family members or our own loved ones are the most difficult. I know my mom who live, you know, drinks Diet Coke and lives off of sugar donuts. She's going to wait for Oprah to say it. Whatever Oprah says is what <laughs> she's going to do. Okay. But if Oprah says it, Hey, we're good. Um, and so people just have their things, but I just say, you know, sometimes I kind of say, Hey, um, if you keep doing the same thing, the same thing's going to happen. And I also say, how's that working for you? You know, when people complain about like, well, I'm taking this drug and it's causing these symptoms and now I don't have any energy and da, da, da. So I just say, well, how's that working for you? And sometimes it takes people a while before they're willing. But to be honest, Jeff, if people would try the natural remedies first, that would be so much better because very often they do so many things that kind of undermine their health. Mm. And, um, you know, we're, we're learning that so many of our brain chemicals, our neurotransmitters are made in our gut. So that's another important factor. So if you've got uh, problems with your emotional, mental health, your nervous system, if you're not digesting your food, um, you're constantly bloated, you're eating things you're allergic to, that could be causing brain inflammation and uh, fogginess. So you can't think clearly. It could be a contributing factor to ADHD. So in the back of um, natural remedies for mental and emotional health, I mean, I do talk about a lot of different vitamins, mm -hmm. but you know, maybe you say, oh, well, what foods are high in magnesium? Maybe you're not a pill popping person. So there's a, there's a lot of options for everybody. And for those people that are stubborn, you know, maybe they're not going to do everything right away but maybe they'll make a few dietary changes. Maybe they'll try an herb. Maybe they'll try a supplement. Maybe they'll try a lifestyle thing. And if they don't, um, you know, I'm sure that there's uh, all kinds of doctors who can help them um, and hopefully that'll work. But I love working with people that are motivated and that do it and see that, yeah, even things that are said to be incurable you're not treating the disease, you're helping the person overcome an impediment and it's really empowering and usually everything else feels better too. Oh, I have more energy, my digestion's better, my skin's better, I am sleeping better. Well, let's go for that. Right, yeah, ab absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, and you said empowering, that, that's funny because that's exactly what I was thinking of while I had this book, you know, taking it down, flipping through it because you're giving people People the manual to take charge of their own health, right? I mean, that's that's basically what this is. It's it's you know you can take this book and you can say this is my problem. Let me look through it. And what I like about it is as opposed, well, one of the things I like about it is as opposed to taking like a pharmaceutical drug, which is going to have all kinds of ramifications and impacts. Um, you can give this stuff a try, right? And if it doesn't work for you, then it, it's not like there's harm to it. It's not like you're going to hurt yourself by taking more ginseng or something like that, right? Exactly. Yeah, most of these things are going to have other benefits. They're going to, even an herb is going to contain natural vitamins and minerals. They nourish your body. They can help rebuild, remineralize. So it's a real beautiful thing. And, you know, in a sense, Jeff, um, natural medicine has been really persecuted. I mean, we could go back to the witch hunts of the 14 to the 1700s 
um, many of the people that were accused of witchcraft were herbalists and midwives. And mm. so even now, you know, practicing natural medicine, um, it's still kind of sketchy territory. Um, yeah. Do you and, deal with that a lot? Do you still deal with that? Well, the way that I deal with it is I don't claim to cure people. I claim to educate people. Mm. So I'm an educator. So if someone calls up and says, can you cure me of MS? I say, I don't claim to cure people. I educate people so that with the grace of God and good nutrition and herbs that you very likely might be able to help yourself. But I don't, I'm not going to go there and like, no, you can't eat this. You get this, get rid of this. Um, that's not my job. That's your job. So I keep it right. in the sense of like, I'm doing one-on-one -on -one health education seminars with people. Hmm. That's interesting. I mean, you've made a whole career out of it, right? Like you've been doing this for your whole life. That's, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And you know, uh, I never wake up and feel like I'm ripping people off. I feel like, Hey, look, somewhere there's going to be a field of lemon balm or St. John's wort <laughs> or lavender growing. The bees are going to be buzzing around. There's going to be little bunnies in the grass. Um, you know, my dad, um, his office was right next to a big pharmaceutical company and it was always spewing out chemicals. And my dad died quite young. And when I asked my mom, why do you think dad died so young? She said he always felt it was his exposure to this constant stream. They were wow, all in really? there. But, you know, back then in the 50s and 60s, we saw that as that's progress. They're making life saving drugs, but it ended up being really a, a toxic overload for this, you know, dear man. So anyway, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm sorry to and, hear that. Thank you. But you know, it's also um, an opportunity to look at our planet is very unhealthy. And another thing is that when we partner with natural medicine, we're also partnering with making a greener earth. And, um, you know, right now we're, we're so bombarded, the air, the water, even the toxic media, fear, 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 not to say that there's not stuff to be very concerned about. There certainly is. Um, so there's a lot to do. And if we want to be, uh, you know, strong, we need to take care of ourselves and do our best so that we can be of service in making a better world. I absolutely agree. And that, you know, the thing with the fear is it's, just because there is something to be afraid of doesn't mean that you should be afraid. Like fear should be a choice. And if it's not, um, if it's not going to serve you or serve anybody else, all it's doing is holding you back. And uh, yeah, just pumping your head full of that kind of paranoia and terror is not going to help anybody and it hurts your immune system. So at, at this point, you spent your whole career in this field. How long did it take you to put together this information to just come right off the top of your head or did you have to, oh. you have to do a little research? Oh, lots of research. I mean, I spent years researching it. I've also had a private practice for many years. I've also, I teach at Naropa University. Hmm. And I've written a lot of magazine articles. You know, I've written articles on depression or anxiety. And so, uh, you know, again, a lot, and I did have a co-author, Crystal, and I want to say Crystal's really the one who helped with the really nice format. I, I really mm. appreciate her, Crystal, Crystal Fiedler. Um, so, no, it didn't come off the top of my head, but the way that I write a book is I read everything on the subject. I take workshops on it. I highlight in yellow when I'm reading. And then I, you know, craft it, not necessarily in order, 
but I like look at what did I highlight? What did I learn you? Oh, remember to add that or that's a good idea. Or, um, you know, maybe that vitamin would be worth investigating a little bit more. It is a process. It's kind of like ah, opening your your heart and soul. But, you know, every day my prayer is to be able to do something for the people, for the planet, for the creator. And I feel that, you know, working with natural medicine, it is a way to do all of that all at mm. once. But, you know, it's still sad. I feel the progress is slow. I mean, they're still spraying, you know, a Roundup and DDT around. And I think we should be eating the weeds. I really do think that a lot of the so-called weeds are our best source of nutrition because they're plants. Really? Yes, because they survive adversity. You know, a dandelion grows even though it gets stepped on. It can grow through the crack in a sidewalk. Nobody plants it. Nobody waters it. Nobody mulches it. Dogs pee on it. People step on it. And it still grows. And when your grass dies because of the drought and the extreme heat, the dandelions are the... Right. The, they're going to survive more adversity than your grass. And currently we're using a third of our nation's water to water grass. And I think we're going to really need to rethink that. That's wasteful. Mm. We should, the things that would be coming up as weeds, the dandelion, the chickweed, the violet. And you'll see a lot of these herbs are even good for our mental health. Dandelion root is really good for the liver. So it's good for depression. Dandelion root as a tea or as a food, you can also eat it, is good for clearing old stored emotions that you might be holding mm. on to, you know, from past trauma and, you know, past wounding in your emotional body. Um, you know, another weed, St. John's wort, they in, which is a greater for depression, they introduced a beetle into Oregon called the Klamath bug to eat up the St. John's wort and our local plant store doesn't sell St. John's wort. It's illegal to sell plants for people to plant it. But you can go to any health food store and buy it. But they're afraid oh. it's going to take over. But nature's saying, hey, all you depressed people, I'm trying to help you by <laughs> offering this free, you know, plant that, you know, blooms on the john the baptist feast day um hmm. that brings light into a dark situation that's what they call it saint john's wort can make you more photosensitive more likely to get sunburned and that's exactly really? why it works it enables us to be more receptive to the light huh wow so that's fascinating it, it is and it's also like yeah but you're not you know you're not allowed to grow it so <laughs> that's why we have to like do podcasts and talk to people and say you know maybe you should grow some in your backyard <laughs> right theoretically if someone were to become a saint john's wort growing outlaw um how do you like can you just eat the plant because i'm used to using these things like you know get them in pill form or, or something like that you can you just eat the plant well, some plants you can eat, you know, like um, dandelion leaves are edible and lemon balm is edible, but some plants are going to work better as a tea mm. and St. John's wort is one of those and um, or a tincture, although tinctures are often in alcohol. So if alcoholism is an issue, then you might do better as a tea or a capsule. 
Um, so there's many ways of using them. And I really encourage people to visit your local natural food store, your local herb shop, and talk to somebody knowledgeable there. A lot of times these stores have people that have been working with plant medicine for years, you know, find out if they're not there all the time, find out when the you know, person who's really trained in all this is there because they're often the ones who are going to hear from other people. This really helped my allergies. This really helped my insomnia. Mm. This really helped my immune system because they're selling products. They're going to get feedback from people and see what sells. And that really is an untapped resource. And, you know, very often the people in the natural food stores um, will talk to you longer than your doctor will be able to talk to you. Even if you are on a medication, they might be able to give you some ideas about, you know, diet or maybe give you a tour of like, these are the good tasting uh, gluten-free cookies or, um, you know, this is a, you know, a, a good type of dairy alternative. Um, not that that's bad for everybody, but just that food allergies can be a problem for a lot of people. Right. And I do, you know, I just, um, I don't go to my doctor often, but I went a couple of years ago and he's just a mainstream doctor, not just, he is a mainstream doctor. Um, but even he tied autoimmune disorders to, um, he was saying that it looks like it's very much based on food, our food consumption. So isn't that, isn't that something? So I want to say this, something I learned from, um, studying with Dr. Paul Bergner is that we often crave the worst things for ourselves. We crave it. We want like bread or peanut butter. Peanuts are a common allergen or we want, you know, a big hunk of cheese, you know, and it's not that these are always bad foods, but maybe because they're so mass produced and there's mold in the peanuts and the, uh, the wheat has been uh, hybridized and treated with bromine. Maybe the cows are fed antibiotics and hormones. Right. So it's, you know, again, our ancestors ate these foods, but they were getting cow, you know, cow's milk from old Bessie in the backyard. Um, it wasn't from, you know, a farm in another state that, and then it had to be pasteurized. So, um, but very often we crave the things we're allergic to. And then when we eat them, it stimulates an immune response, which usually means more white blood cell production and that our bodies can start attacking itself because it's so busy trying to fight off the thing that we're putting in three times a day. You know, like, oh, you know, a lot of people might eat wheat or dairy with every meal. And so your body's like fighting like white blood cells, white blood cells try to like inactivate that allergen that's causing inflammation. And after a while, like next thing you know, your liver, your pancreas, your nervous system is um, suffering from that. When when you are talking to people about making these changes, do you generally... Uh, I know you, you're careful about what you suggest, but in your education, you generally educate people to um, to go on a cleanse before they start like altering their diet or just make the alterations without a cleanse. You know, I think you really need to look and see where people are at. If you tell somebody you need to go on a three day fast or give up meat or give up sugar, you know, you might have lost them right there in the first five minutes. So you right. really want to honor where people are at. So it might be, could you buy organic meat? Could you, um, you know, have more uh, vegan days? Could you buy the grass-fed beef? Could you buy the organic pa or the pasture-raised eggs? So you kind of need to take it in steps. Um, 
and, you know, go on a cleanse. But for some people just, you know, like, could you buy, could you use honey in your tea rather than sugar? Could you maybe use maple syrup that's real rather than some kind of chemical product that's, uh, you know, on your pancakes or something? So you, right. you kind of need to be tender with people and look at where they're at. For some people, Jeff, it's just going to be, is there an herbal pill I can take? That's what they're willing to do. Um, another thing I often suggest is people like, don't microwave your food. You know, really? it's funny when we, when people feel bad, they say they're zapped as if they've been mm -hmm. in a microwave. I'm going to zap my breakfast in the microwave and then you wonder why do i feel zap well you, you're doing that to everything you eat hmm. that's that interesting you? yeah it's <laughs> you know it's worthy of looking at and you know do we really want to expose our food to radiation and cause all the molecules to expand could that be creating imbalances there's a lot of research on it and again jeff you know people are going to do what they feel ready to do and that's i think really important as a healthcare. Um, you know, educator that I really take into consideration. Now, some people, they do want to do a cleanse. No, I have a friend right now, he's on a three-day cleanse and he's doing colonics and he's not drinking and, you know, all of that. That might be where he's ready for that. He wanted to do that. Hmm. Um, and that might be great. And, you know, that could be the fastest way to reclaim your health. But, um, you know, people that are pregnant, diabetic, hypoglycemic, nursing, um, you know, that could be a lot for some people, but I've done a lot of fasting in my life. Hmm. Yeah, I, I fast regularly. Um, we're going to circle back to the book. But I do want to ask a quick question, um, and it is relevant to the book, but still. So the argument often when you're talking about things like Roundup or DDT or things like that, the argument often will be, well, these agricultural advances are what enable us to grow enough food to supply the modern population. Now, I don't know if that's actually true. I've never looked into the, the science of it or anything, but it is an argument that does seem to have some some merit or it appears to anyway. And uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that, if you've looked into it at all and what your counter would be. And I really do appreciate the work of Vendana Shiva who's an Indian woman and a spokesperson and a lot of farmers in India who signed up to, um, okay, we're going to use Roundup on our crops and all that. They've ended up committing suicide um, because the, the plants that they're, the seeds that they're given will only grow with those chemicals. Mm -hmm. And when they can't afford to keep the chemicals going, which end up poisoning the water and the air and not to mention the health demise of the people that have to work with them and spray them. So if you want to Google that, the work of Vendanda, Vendana Shiva um, and look mm -hmm. on farmers in India. So I do certainly think we should be thinking about how can we feed the masses. Mm -hmm. And we do know that, um, we, you know, a lot of our food is grown somewhere else. And if things happen and things do happen right now, you know, uh, when we're filming this little talk today, there's just a big tsunami, there's volcanoes going off, there's, you know, it's the world is crazy, there's war. Um, we really need to think about how can we grow things more locally. So I would like to see more edible lawns mm. and more gardens than only depending on the food coming from, you know, California, because what happens when they have a drought or forest fires or, you know, everything freezes in Florida and you don't get citrus that year. So we we've really depended on this food system 
and it could it's a very fragile system and we see around the world you know you're depending on grain from the ukraine or something well you know those fields might not get planted or you're depending mm. on something so i think that more local sustainability is we need to get back to that it's almost like we've given the power of food away and it's almost like considered that well that was um you know farmers work or that's like you know not intellectual enough or whatever but yet we're not going to do really great without it. We need to give more, uh, you know, attention and gratitude to the good people that grow our farm. And, you know, maybe you can support them by going to the farmer's market or, you know, supporting the stores that do buy local products. Um, so we want to keep more food production in our communities as well. I tell right, everybody, you know, I... plant fruit trees, because once you plant them, they're there for generations and your descendants could even be eating those apples your great great grandchildren could be enjoying those apples service berries elderberries plant fruit if you're going to plant something plant something that provides food or medicine but um hopefully you can plant them you can dry them for the winter um you know i i'm big on dehydrating rather than freezing and canning i think it preserves the nutrition in your food a lot more but like everybody should be growing stuff and you know you can dry apples they do take breaks they don't you know produce fruit every year sometimes they like hey we're on holiday for a few years and you'll be glad that you dried those apples those dried apples are going to be good for years hmm. yeah very interesting yeah i've got apples nectarines peaches i got all kinds of good stuff man look i even have a couple olive trees which i didn't know you can grow olive trees in florida i didn't know that was possible but i guess you can <laughs> yeah, but then you have to learn how to process them. I just no, did yeah. that in California. Yeah. Oh, did you really? Yeah, there's a couple methods. I looked at some YouTubes. There's a salt brine method. There's the oil curing method. So, um, yeah, look on YouTube and you'll learn how to do that. How wonderful. Hmm. That's that's cool. So, all right. Sorry for that uh, that digression that we made. But what made you decide right now? to come out with this book. Is there any particular reason? Uh, well, I, you know, I see that there are so many people that are depressed and in my regular health practice, people might come to see me for like, you know, I have arthritis or I'm infertile or, you know, th there's cancer in the family. I'm not claiming I cure them. I just might give them ideas on how they can eat healthier and live longer and all that. But almost everybody's on some kind of uh pharmaceutical medicine for anxiety for depression um the, for adhd i'm also a university professor and i see what my students are on and they're like 18 19 years old and mm. do they want to be on those drugs when they decide they want to have children like you know right. so there was a year where i worked with a holistic psychiatrist dr antonio wood and he wanted me to come in and talk to clients with him and make some dietary and herbal suggestions to them. Um, another thing we did was aromatherapy. So, and he was like, so I had this year with this doctor. And that is discussed in this book for the viewers. He goes okay. into the, the aromatherapy. Yeah, and sorry so, you know, like someone who's really uh, like anxious, I'm having a panic attack. A really simple thing might be open a bottle of lavender oil and take five deep inhalations breathing deep is good for your brain any woman who's given natural childbirth knows that the breathing is going to help you get through the mm. you know the contractions but you right. know anxiety i'm so anxious 
I could go down Freak Out Freeway or I could go down Lavender <laughs> Lane. You know, and that's really simple and that's immediate. So, um, you know, it was really that year I spent with that psychiatrist. And then after that, we just kind of made referrals to each other because he knew what I did. And I said, go to him because he's good and he's open. But, mm. I, you know, I remember there was one client we had and all she would eat was noodles, noodles and sauce. Really? It didn't matter what she put on the noodles. And I thought, I bet she has a gluten allergy that that's the only thing she eats. And a lot of kids, you know, gluten, it's, it's very inflammatory and it's kind of like glue. It makes things stick together. Mm. And what do we make with gluten? Pasta and pastry. That's like the word paste, glue and paste. So, um, huh. and right before we did our show, I said, I'm going to go have a piece of toast, but it was gluten-free. <laughs> <laughs> and I do make my own bread too, out of, I'm learning. Oh, to okay. oh you make your own, really? Well, yeah, I've been using einkorn, which is an ancient grain, but I really want to master this year how to make sourdough bread. So hopefully I'll figure that out. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I got to tell you, uh, I used something from this book and it helped me a lot. Very simple reminder about the value of humor. And um, without going into great detail, I, I had a weird bad stretch just before this book came in my mail. And uh, just in my head, just wasn't a good place. And uh, I got this book. I was like, dude, I haven't just laughed in like a long time. Like, you know, like I'm always like so serious and focused on things. So I just started watching goofy, funny movies. And I'm telling you, it, it's incredible what that simple little thing did, that little reminder to just laugh. And you know, laughter oxygenates our body. It caresses and shakes the heart. You know, there's health, physical health benefits from that and just getting in more oxygen. So yeah, it's true. I think we need to balance all the seriousness and gravity of what's going on with a little bit of humor. And that's even a good way sometimes to deal with things like, you know, anger and frustration is to kind of laugh about it and find things that can keep our sense of humor. Good, good point. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually, thank you because uh, that's why I brought that up. Well, one of the reasons I brought it up is um, I want people to understand that the book it's, it's not just, it's not only about um, herbs and like food as medicine. It's just about life. I mean, that's what I like. It's just like how to live. Like it's things like laughing more and um, these simple things, these reminders about what life is supposed to be at like the simplest level. And oh, sorry, go, uh, go ahead. Well, you know, I, I love the lifestyle techniques. And, you know, I worked retail for many years at a natural food store and then a natural pharmacy. And, you know, it's really easy to sell people a bottle of a thing. Let's say they want something for insomnia. But if you tell them, like, you could take a lavender bath before bed, you could get ready the next day, the night before, you could wear an eye mask to block out the light, you could move electronics away from the bed that might be causing a disturbance, then that product's going to work even better. Because right. they've got a few little lifestyle techniques to go along with that herb and the vitamin. But one thing that I'm so grateful that I share in Natural Remedies for Mental and Emotional Health is color therapy. People think, oh, color, that doesn't really do anything. It's like, you think it doesn't do anything, but it, you know that over in Madison Avenue, they're trying to figure out what color to make their product so that you'll buy it, lady. Right. 
or, or mm -hmm. mister, you know, they're, they're trying, they're, they're using color therapy on you. Oh, you know, Windex, it's blue or pine sol is green or that, you know, that perfume in the purple box. Um, so why don't you use color? So today I'm wearing blue, which is a calming, relaxing color. Mm. Um, I might wear red if I'm trying to get more energized. And I find that a lot of depressed people, they just get into like wearing gray and black. And, you know, and then especially when the weather's like dark and dreary and snowing for days. I know you don't have that problem in Florida, but here in Colorado, it's like, you know, when the weather's really bleak and you're going to dress bleak, no, spice it up. You're going to at least uplift the people that you go work with. Are, um, right. and, and it'll lift you up too. Color is another form of energy. So I, I encourage people to eat a wide variety of colors and wear a wide variety of colors. And yesterday I wore red um, because I really had a lot of activity and I really needed go power. But um, if I knew that I was going to have a client, say, with hyperactivity, like, right. you know, I probably would go change because I would want my client to feel calm in my presence. So if mm. I was wearing a really bright color, I might say I, I want to tone that down. So, so yeah, right. I talk about what colors to wear and you can use colors in decorating, like what colors are you going to plant, paint your bedroom? You know, blue is a wonderful color for sleep and meditation. Yellow is a good color for digestion and, you know, waking up and having a bright day. Orange is a good color when you want people to socialize. Um, purples are really good when you're wanting to do things that are more spiritual and meditative. And, um, you know, yellow is real. Yeah. Yellow is good for like study halls and cerebral stimulus. Hence, mm. use a yellow highlighter when you read my book. Um, and then you can just look back and say, oh, yeah, these are the things I want to try because I highlight it in yellow. Right. Yeah. You, well, you're just talking about something I've been talking about quite a bit because I'm getting certified in hypnosis right now. And I'm trying I've like been talking a lot explaining to people is actually one of my motivations to get into hypnosis but trying to what you said about colors trying to get people to understand like you are so much more suggestible than you realize you think that you are this closed container but you're not and you are actually getting batted about constantly by things like colors by things like people's offhand comments by commercials and Unless you understand that and unless you take control over it, you are at the whim of it and you are just fooling yourself. If you try to tell yourself, well, I'm immune to that. I, I don't need color therapy. Colors don't affect me. Like, yeah, they do. They affect everyone. This is we're all human beings. You know, I mean, how do you think the, the bees find the flowers? Right. You know, it's color therapy in nature. What pollinators do we want to attract and which ones do we want to keep away? And so um, that's a powerful tool. And even the colors of our food tell us something. That's why I say eat all the colors of the rainbow. The American diet has gotten rather beige. Mm. And so we're saying like, you know, wild rice and green kale and purple cabbage and red beets. And how can you make your diet more colorful? Um, mm. That's a really easy thing. And, you know, we, we do know that lighting is used to affect our consciousness um, you know, for example, casinos often use red lighting so people lose sense of time. But you can use it as a tool, what you wear, what you decorate.
Yeah, it's powerful. So I'm trying to give people the secrets of what they can do. And many of these ideas are very inexpensive. And, mm -hmm. you know, some people say, well, color therapy, that's kind of like new age or something. And everything that people might say is new age is actually very ancient because we know right. that color therapy was used in, you know, ancient Egypt, ancient Greece, India, China, you know, come on. Um, right. It's valid. And we're, we've just like ignored that it really does anything just like we think well i'm smelling that chemical air freshener that i have in the room like it's okay they sell it at the grocery store it must be fine but we're, we're breathing in those chemicals all day that could be causing our migraines or our ms or our mental dysfunction our memory loss um so just know if you're seeing it it's going into your brain if you're mm. smelling it it's going into your brain Right. And eating it is definitely going into your brain. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You know, um, some time ago, I kept get, breaking out with skin problems. And um, I went to the doctor and the, it was actually the what do you call them? They're uh, like a it's not a full blown doctor. It's like the next level. Osteopath, um, a physician's assistant. That's what it is. Physician's okay. assistant. He told me very simple. He said, have you been using um, like uh, skin? What do you call those? The uh, the bath and body type stuff. The I can't think of the word lotion. Right now for some reason. Yeah, yeah. And but and I had been and um, and he said, just use I I don't want to plug any use the pure soap that just 100 percent soap. I did that. And I've never had a skin outbreak since it's been like years. And so it's a simple example of what you're saying. Um, he was right on about it. I just eliminated those toxic chemicals that were supposed to be clean chemicals, but they were making my skin go crazy. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, since these things are maybe new inventions, we don't really have hundreds of years of experience with them. Like, you know, having worked in a holistic pharmacy, I saw a lot of drugs that were approved and on the marketplace get recalled. And again, not to say that drugs can't save people's lives or that people shouldn't listen to what their doctor tells them, but there are things you can do that will help your doctor to help you. And, you know, some of my doctor friends will say, Patient compliance is one of the hardest things. Like, you know, they you, they might say, well, here's this pill, but I want you to lose 10 pounds and quit smoking and cut back on the coffee. And the, all the person wants to do is just take the pill. They don't want to lose the 10 pounds or give up the smoking. So again, you get to live in this one body in this lifetime here on earth. So you might as well take good care of it because living in, you know, being old, and having a lot of health issues and not feeling good, it's its not a lot of fun. You might as well make the best of it. And what you do in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s is certainly going to affect how you get through your 70s, 80s, and, you know, perhaps 90s. Um, right. If that's, you know, you might as well take care of it. Otherwise, it's not going to be as much fun if you can't see or hear or think or recognize your loved ones. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I don't want to get too broadly philosophical, but the frustrating thing is, you know, human beings, you grow up, you get hit with these mental scripts that you then take to be your, your inner talk becomes what you think is reality. And that's the most frustrating thing about it is like it's uh, it's like a question of personal consciousness because people are stuck in these scripts that are destroying them are literally killing them.
and you can't speak reason to these people. And it's so frustrating. It's just so frustrating. You know, if, if they could just step outside and realize that um, these errant thoughts are killing them and there are healthier, better thoughts out there, such as what you've just been talking about. But uh, people are just unconsciously stuck in these cycles, you know? I, I want to mention too that, you know, where we choose to place our consciousness, and I do talk about that in the book, but if we're only and always reading, um, you know, and watching things that promote violence and murder and deception and horror, uh, that's going to affect our thoughts and consciousness too. And I know, I mean, I do watch the news. My partner doesn't watch the news and, you know, kind of la, 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 but <laughs> I'm watching the news, but I also have to focus on well, what can we do to create a better world? You know, so yes, there's problems in the world. So what can we do to be prepared? But, but even things like recreationally, what, what are you going to choose to watch and read? You know, do we really want to support movies that are made about, you know, criminals and cannibals and pedophiles and murderers? Like, why do they get a movie? Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> movies about some heroes and heroines that inspire us so that we you know can um have the courage to you know do good whether it's like saving the rainforest or helping the gorillas or helping you know the the poor and the hungry um and all of that like what can we do so you know just using our voice is one way and so I know it's really easy to feel powerless, but even the music that's going into us when the I find that when the music's really fast faster than a heart rate that can promote anxiety for example hmm. um, i maybe you've been to a rock concert jeff where you can feel the music coming up from the ground and you feel mm -hmm. it coming up into your heart into your lungs because it's kind of like taking over you so you know i think it's really important to play music that's beautiful that's made with the intention of you know beauty and goodness and peace because the you know and what are you going to wake up to you wake up in the morning to an alarm clock that's a really you know difficult it's just an unhealthy way to start the day here you are you've been dreaming and then you have this alarm or maybe you have da 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 you know something kind of really <laughs> severe come on um, so wouldn't it be nice if you did need to use an alarm, if it could be something peaceful and gentle and, um, you know, awaken you into a gradual awakening rather than something so jarring that you forget everything you dreamt about? Hmm. Yeah, I do trust the no meditation and they have an app that has this great, it starts real quiet and slowly brings you out. I, I want to try to figure out how to use that to wake up in the morning. But so we're coming, we're coming to the end of the hour. The question, the last question I would ask you. Um, still at the beginning of the new year. So people are out there, they made their new year's resolutions. They have this whole new year ahead. What would you say to somebody who is thinking about buying this book or is thinking about taking charge of their health, but it's kind of on the fence? Um, what would you say to encourage them to take the plunge and, and, and to buy this book? Well, thank you for that question, Jeff. So I, I wrote Natural Remedies for Mental and Emotional Health to help people and help the planet. And I think that healthy, happy people are able of doing more good. And I do think that the suggestions in the book that entail f food, herbs that have been used by millions of people for thousands of years, essential oils, color, light. I do think that this book can 
save your health, save you money, save you time, make you happy, healthier, have a better life in general. Um, and, you know, re resolutions, I want to say something about that. I Every year I make a resolution for each chakra, if you know what chakras are. Um, right. I, I kind of write down all the colors of the rainbow. All oh, right. Cool. So I, I did this the other day. So I said, purple is about what can I do to feel safer in the world? So, you know, you could think of things like I'm going to take a self-defense class or I'm going to, mm. you know, lock my doors or I'm going to wear my seatbelt or I'm going to um, learn a wilderness survival or, you know, what do you do to feel safe? Orange might be about the commitment, like who are you going to hang out with this year? Are you going to hang out with people that lift you up, that support you? What are you going to mm. do to sweeten the relationships you're already in? You know, do you and your partner need to go on a little trip without the kids or, you know, take a Tantra class, partner yoga, trade massages? I don't know. Yellow is about your commitment to eat healthier. So what's it going to be this year? You're going to eat less sugar, drink less, maybe switch to green tea instead of coffee. Maybe you're going to, you know, support the local farmers and buy the organic or Okay, so yellow is about that. Green is how can you live more green? What can you do that maybe, you know, you're not going to buy clothes that need to be dry cleaned. You're going to switch to the natural, you know, dish soap. Maybe you're going to plant a garden and learn to eat some of the wild edible plants. And mm -hmm. then blue is about creating art or appreciating art. Of course, I think it's great to create art. But maybe you're going to like go to more museums or go to more concerts, but speaking more affirmatively rather than mm. I'm such a loser. I have so many health problems. I am taking steps to improve my health. And then indigo is about what am I going to do to improve my intelligence? I have a whole chapter in here on better brain function to stay mm. intelligent. Even if you've had a head injury or brain trauma or stroke recovery, how to keep yourself clear so I can help you with that. But what are you going to choose to read this year? What movies are you going to watch? And then this is remembering to give thanks to the creator, you know, so some way to connect with spirit, however you want to do that. Um, hmm. So watch your resolution for each chakra. <laughs> that is super cool. I, I love setting goals and things like that. So that's cool. I think I'm going to do that. I like anything that gives a new structure to setting aims in life. Um, okay. And so, the last thing I'll ask, in addition to this book, um, what other projects do you have? Anything you'd like to share with people? Is there anything you'd like Surely, to throw out you. there? Well, I do have a phone app. It's called I Plant, letter I Plant with Brigitte Mars. You have to write with Brigitte Mars. And it's a beautiful phone app. It's got pictures of 200 plants and it tells you, is it edible? Is it medicinal? Is it, you know of medicinal in any way is it safe for pregnant women i plant i also have an online course um through seven roots so if you google seven roots brigitte mars i have an online herbal medicine course i also have a book uh, called dandelion medicine that's just come out but if you go to my website brigittemars.com i have a list all my classes are posted there i also have classes that are on zoom if, in case you live somewhere else um, I also do, you know, health consults with people all around the world. And, um, you know, I'm just really dedicated to doing the small part that I can do to make the world a better place. I thank you so much, Jeff, and to your listeners on Apple Knox.